Welcome to the Talking Recruitment Podcast from the REC. Every week we look at all the latest insights, perspectives and experiences from across our diverse recruitment industry. Hello everyone and welcome along to another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. My name is Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive. Thank you for joining us today as we get into the second month of the year. Hopefully we can just see spring on the horizon and the economy starting to open up again. We published our latest jobs outlook on the 26th of January and that showed that while uh, people were a bit concerned about where the economy was heading, I think that pressures of inflation that we discussed recently with Chris Williamson on the pod really coming through on people's macro view. The good news is that employers were still seeing uh, lots of optimism out there for their own businesses in those jobs outlook numbers. And I'll point you in the direction of our January report on jobs figures, our billings data, and all the latest on pay and candidate availability. That's coming out on the 10th of February, so check that out on the uh, REC website when it comes out. That'll give you all the latest, but certainly a year of big change in our labour market and one with uh, recruiters at the centre of things. One of the things we're doing to try and help you navigate that year of big change is new forms of support, both in terms of business advice do have a look online at our business advice pages 70 odd pieces of content on critical issues in running a recruitment company we're also launching some new academies our management academy our recruitment mastery academy both online for you to have a look at really good quality courses with excellent trainers that we're launching for 2022 now in addition to all of that of course we're up and about all over the media talking directly to clients through the media, but also working with government on some key issues. And just in the last few weeks, we've been talking to Bayes and the Cabinet Office about the issues that we're facing with labour shortage and some of the long-term solutions that we need to be supporting businesses to come up with, putting recruiters right at the heart of solving problems for their clients. But one of the things I'm asked most about is the adoption of technology by recruiters. The potential tech stack for any recruitment firm is enormous. And we know there's a lot coming down the track in terms of automation, but also progressively in terms of AI and other data-driven decision-making tools. And we wanted to dig in a little further to that on today's podcast. So I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, who's Felicity Birch from the CDAI. Felicity, welcome to the REC podcast. Hi, Neil. Thank you for having me along. Why don't you start by just telling listeners a little bit about the CDEI and about yourself and what you're there to do? I'd be delighted to. So the CDEI is a government body, so we are part of the Department for Digital Culture, Media and Sport. And uh, essentially, our purpose is to enable the trustworthy uh, innovation with data and AI. So we are trying to do that by helping organisations share data, so be it building the right governance structures or putting the technologies in place to support that. And we're working directly with industry and with government to help make sure they're adopting technology in a safe and secure way that builds public trust. And all of this is underpinned by a public attitude a function. But I think maybe uh, maybe I'll just reverse a little bit on my uh, introduction and sort of say, explain the, the why with CDI and, and why I ended up doing this because not that long ago I was at CBI I couldn't escape acronyms beginning with with C and there I was the uh, director of innovation and digital technology Uh, and what I found over the years working with CBI members was that technology adoption offered these huge huge opportunities Uh, but there were a number of problems that firms faced when they were when they were doing that and 
many of the problems your members will be familiar with, I'm sure, sort of looking at things like access to finance and the right skills within the business. But one thing I found increasingly rising up the agenda for a lot of companies was almost this kind of question of whether we should be innovating. And in particular, I think that that sort of raised its head around GDPR and companies became a lot more concerned uh, about privacy. But we started to see more and more concerns about how technology can fuel bias and the potential for sort of cyber leaks. And I think when the opportunity to work at CDEI came up, it just really felt like a great way to help industry answer some of these questions, enable all of the brilliant opportunities that there are from innovation. Um, And I think we really do see that innovation can help make sure uh, industry is much more competitive, but just making sure we're answering those questions, building public trust as we go along. Fascinating. And I, th- I mean, something that we've talked about at REC conferences in the past in terms of the huge potential of automation and AI in our sector for absolutely matching candidates and roles, but also streamlining the processes. I mean, lots of listeners will already have tools on their website that are assisting with scheduling things like interviews. But one of the corollaries of that is when you do mass data-driven innovation, you need to make sure that the outcomes of that are effective. And certainly there's been a live discussion in the REC about how do we make sure that we access the productivity boom of innovation of IT spend into the sector, while also making sure we are maintaining those high standards that the the REC was founded by the industry to to keep a focus on and that's why we were always really interested in in talking to you but one of the things we've been doing over the last few months and the, the it's linked on the on the business advice parts of the REC website that I mentioned earlier is guidance for recruiters in in using some of these tools maybe we just start by asking why do you find recruitment a particularly interesting sector for the CDI to be engaged with? Yeah, and, and thanks so much for, for asking that question. And recruitment is absolutely up there with, I think, sectors where there is a lot of potential for uh, for data innovation. And, and you sort of mentioned the conversations that you've had with your members about how it can improve the sort of pace of recruitment processes. It can improve um, an applicant's experience. And actually, I think it is an area where there is a lot of opportunity for technology to drive better social outcomes for people. We'll all know that with sort of falling levels of unemployment, the labour market is tighter. But at the same time, particularly sort of following the pandemic and and a number of events, including the murder of George Floyd, that companies are increasingly aware of the diversity of the people that they are trying to hire as well. And technology can make a big difference in helping companies to access a wider pool of candidates and make sure that the best person for the job is able to access that. And so I I think on one hand, when we look at the potential possibilities and opportunities in recruitment for genuinely a more diverse workforce, better better fit for for a job, a sort of faster moving labour market, the opportunities are really there. But at the same time, I think some of the risks associated with using technology are very apparent in this space. You know, a job matters so much to an individual as part of their life. It's vital that we get this get this process right. And, and one of the particular issues that we sort of spotted at CDEI, and we did we did a review into um, algorithmic bias, and we uh, spotted this as a particular potential issue in recruitment. Now, you know, I think human bias is a known issue in the in the recruitment process. It is often going to be a challenge, be that at sifting and 
interviewing processes. And you know, I don't I don't need to tell you this, but there's plenty of research that demonstrates this is the case. So, you know, candidates with ethnic minority backgrounds might have to send 60% more applications than white candidates to receive a positive response. And I think that while automated tools can reduce human bias by providing a more standardized approach, and there definitely is opportunity there. Uh, the challenge is if the tool is badly designed or it's badly implemented or it's trained on biased historical data sets, then it risks perpetuating existing biases or even creating new ones. We have seen this happen in practice as the quite famous example of when Amazon uh, reported they've been using an algorithm that turned out to favour male candidates, largely because it was trained on 10 years of historical employment data and they tended to employ men. So the algorithm just learned from that at the expense of women. So I think recruitment is such an interesting sector here because the opportunity, the scale of the opportunity is quite large, but I think some real barriers and risks around sort of reputation and societal impact if we get this wrong. That's fascinating, Felicity, because I think one of the the challenges that that many recruiters have, I often refer to the the REC membership as a broad-bottomed pyramid in as much as while there are a decent-sized group of, shall we say, household name recruitment firms amongst the REC's larger members, actually the majority of recruitment firms are small and medium-sized enterprises. Mm-hmm. And I think most of our members can see that there's some potential here, but they worry about how do I make sure that this is going to deliver what I, I want it to and avoid some of those pitfalls, especially in an environment which is, shall we say, vendor rich. And I think going back to some of the work you hinted at that you did at the CBI, there's definitely something about business leaders and literacy in their literacy with all this and and how we support that. Do you see that as a as a part of the CDI's role? Yeah, Neil, you're absolutely right that this is this is a big challenge actually. And I think I was really struck in, in my old role at CBI. Um, one of the first conversations that I had with a member in a large company, uh, it was their director of innovation. And he said to me, I feel like this company should be investing in, in AI, but I just don't know how to look under the lid of it. And I thought that was quite a sort of telling explanation. And actually, you know, you think about cars and, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago, you could look under the lid of a car and you could tell whether your car was going to function or not. But actually, as we've gone through time, the electronics have come, become more complicated. There might be sort of AI uh, and other technologies built into it. And it's harder to look under the car. You need more specialist support from that. So what do you do as a consumer? Well, you rely on assurance mechanisms. You rely on magazines that tell you whether this car meets safety standards. You rely on all sorts of different external validation criteria. And one of the things that we are looking at quite closely at CDEI is what should the assurance landscape for AI look like? And actually, at the back end of last year, a very similar time that we produced our uh, guidance with RHC, uh, we also produced a long-term roadmap for the AI assurance ecosystem that we want to build in the UK. And we'd be delighted to sort of work with REC members on how we really make this work for industry, trying to understand exactly what those problems are. So what do you want to know about the the AI and how can we help you know that it's going to do what it says on the tin? And I think this is really exciting because this is one that we can deliver in partnership with industry, both from a demand building perspective. So thinking about companies like your members 
uh, who might want to develop it, but also working with the companies who can uh, develop these new products and services as well. See, that feels really relevant in terms of that assurance landscape, because it's a bit like a kind of a, a roundel, an RAF roundel or a bullseye target or something like that. Recruiters know what a good recruitment process looks like. Most of our members, aside from the largest firms, probably don't have the skills on the staff yet to be specialist buyers of some of the technology that's now out there. And one of the first things that I do in any conversation with members, in fact, we had a, a great discussion with Yorkshire members a couple of weeks back where one of the topics that they brought up was thinking about how to buy CRM. Now, CRM is an established technology, but it's a technology that is not as widely adopted in the UK as we might like it to be. And they were talking about different options. There are several big players in recruitment CRM and sharing views. And to a certain extent, the REC's input into that is about the assurance landscape. It's about making sure that you do have some people thinking about it who are aligned to you, not working for the vendor or some outsourced project management group. It's about thinking through how this feels to the people who are actually running the process day to day. All really good stuff, which of course, much of which we touched on in the in the work we did together. But there's a, a limit to how much expertise you can have yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you describe that assurance landscape work that you've done in terms of you know what would good look like as for the CDI what would success look like in terms of what might be what businesses might have to do themselves and draw externally to get us into a place where we can start to make some of those big investment decisions you know it's not just about fair recruitment processes so that's absolutely essential it's also about not uh, recruiters not wasting valuable capital on stuff that doesn't move the dial what would good look like from your point of view as an endpoint on this well an excellent question there and i think one of the things that we see that we see sort of data ethics as being quite similar to the cybersecurity landscape in the uk and essentially over the last five to ten years availability of support for business and the expectations on business have both increased and you see things like the national Cybersecurity center which has lots of guidance things like 10 questions that your board ought to be asking and does offer sort of training and support for businesses. But you also see a wide variety of private sector providers that can come in and work with business on more specific cyber issues. And I think it's a really nice kind of blend of government intervention, help and expectations on businesses uh, alongside support and sort of private sector engagement as well and I think that's really where we want to get to but there is there is a role for for businesses sort of stepping up here as well and making sure that you are more informed about the issues regarding your own technology adoption and I hope that that's where this guidance that we've produced with you does step in the aim is very much to help recruiters to help your members to be discerning buyers to be more confident uh, and really know what the right questions to ask are when it comes to procuring technology but also to give that uh, detailed awareness of what the sort of applicable legal frameworks, industry guidelines are. Well, and that was a really neat way into getting on to the, the next question I was going to <laughs> ask, actually, Felicity, which is about the work we've done together. And it's certainly the case for me with my kind of REC Guardian of Standards hat on, the encouraging the industry to think about automation and AI is more than just improving productive efficiency, although it absolutely can do that, that there are 
you know how we define what productive efficiency is and and making sure that that feels like a positive for clients and candidates because when we when clients and candidates succeed the recruitment industry succeeds one of the kind of guiding light of that work we've done together is removing that barrier that lack of advice barrier what would you draw out from the work we've done together as being particularly important takeaways for listeners who can obviously go online and check out the the guidance after they've uh, they've finished listening to us <laughs> well obviously i would uh, i would advise your members to do that but i think uh, i would probably highlight uh, three key takeaways and the first is a, is a really sort of underlying mission for everything that we're trying to do at CDEI, which is about building trust in terms of the businesses that you're working with, but also the potential candidates. This idea that technology AI is being used uh, can often elicit public trust concerns. It can make candidates feel nervous. It may make your clients feel nervous as well. So actually just addressing this upfront is really important. Uh, when you're using a data-driven tool, communicate that you're doing it, explain how it is being used uh, in that process. And we recommend uh, publishing documentation around the use of the tool um, and talking about its purpose and the risk mitigations in place as part of that. So just be really upfront about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then I think the other part of building trust or sort of alongside communication is evaluation keep checking in that it's working. Is it delivering the outcomes that you expected it to achieve? Should you be worried that you've suddenly hired a lot of people who fit into one mould when you haven't been doing that uh, in the past? But also just looking at things like accuracy, um, accessibility. You know, is, is this tool really difficult for people who are visually impaired to use, for, for example? And just be really mindful of, of kind of how it's working as you go along. So I think that's the sort of number one point is this build build trust as you go. The second, a fairly simple point, but an easy one to easy one to get wrong is just actually make sure you know who in your organization is responsible for taking the steps around this, around building trust. And it's likely to be a mixture of procurement teams and legal and compliance teams. But make sure you know sort of who um, who is in the driving seat and who is asking the questions. And then finally, the third point is to ask the right questions. And this is something that the guidance really goes into in a lot of detail about the questions that you can ask at each stage of the process from before you purchase it to while you're purchasing it to once you're using the tool and afterwards. But they include things like, well, firstly, is this technology actually going to do what you want it to? And can the vendor provide that information about the tool's functionality? But can they help you? with testing and validating the technology and ensuring it delivers the, the outcomes that you need. So I think those would be the three main points that I would make. But I guess there's just one sort of small additional point that I would say that, of course, all of this sort of assurance activity that you might be doing as a business should be proportional to the risk involved and risk exists on the spectrum. So that is somewhere that as a business, you will have to take a bit of professional judgments. But I think this guidance can help you sort of manage and understand uh, what the risk is that you might be taking on when you're investing in technologies like this. That's a really helpful, Felicity. And it, you know, it's right in the in the target area of what we're trying to do at the REC, which is give recruiters the first couple of hours of thinking about how to approach an issue, remove some of those barriers of understanding. And we've really valued the commitment of CDEI to working with the industry and understand the next stage of this is that you're talking to some REC member companies about how this guidance can be applied practically is that right? Yeah absolutely and likewise Neil I think for us the opportunity to work directly with your members 
it's hugely important. We want to make tools that are valuable for industry. And the only way we can do that is through engagement. And um, not only are we uh, going to be talking to your members, we are also planning to publish three more tool-specific pieces of guidance. So looking at targeted online advertising, automated sifting and asynchronous video interview tools. So we are really keen to hear with REC members as we progress through this on how we can make the guidance practical, useful, uh, accessible. I'm really keen to be your members to get in touch with us on that. And I think it's uh, this feels like an, an ongoing discussion between ourselves and you about focusing on standards, the kind of work our compliance team is doing to help people compete on doing things the right way, but also making sure that as new technology develops, we're setting that in the frame of the social impact that recruitment has, which feels right at the heart of the of the REC's mission. So delighted that you're doing it with us. Felicity, before we close, if people want to find out a bit more about all of this work and a bit more about the CDEI, where can they look? Probably the simplest thing that people can do is to just Google the Centre for Data Ethics and Innovation and head over to our blog. Uh, But the other thing that you can do if you're interested in getting in touch directly is email us at cdei at cdei.gov.uk. Fantastic. And of course, that guidance is available on our website as well. And our team are working closely with CDI on all of this. I think this is going to be an area of work for the REC for a long time to come uh, as it's right at the uh, the arrowhead of everything we're talking about at the moment in a tight labour market with big changes going on, both in the technology that is available to recruiters and in the demand from clients. This feels to be right on the button for one of the big issues for us to face in 2022. Felicity, thank you for joining us. I'm delighted to have had this chat and looking forward to continuing to work together. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all of you for joining us on this episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Fantastic chat there with Felicity Birch at the CDEI. If you've enjoyed that and you'd like another slice of REC podcast content, why not uh, try 2022's first episode with Chris Williamson, the Chief uh, Business Economist at IHS Market, looking at the economic outlook. Uh, be warned, there's a lot of inflation chat in that one. Or if you'd like something more focused tightly on big issues in our industry right now, episode two with our own Lorraine Larie looks at the push for umbrella company regulation and some of what the REC is trying to achieve to make sure that we protect both flexibility and fairness in our labour market. Two great listens there. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with the CDEI. Do dig into those other episodes uh, if you'd like a little more and we'll be back soon with another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Join me for another episode soon. And check out our back catalogue at rec.uk.com to catch up on some other fantastic discussions that are really helpful for recruiters. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So subscribe to REC Podcasts to never miss an episode.